From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. We have three offices um, and we rearrange the offices so that one office will only see well checks while the other offices are available for sick visits. We had to be available to see patients in the car, which is a new concept to us. Um, you know, we had to be able to assess patients in, in, in their car seats. Um, and in the Florida heat, sometimes that can be difficult. We even went as far as putting up tents and outdoor fans and trying to figure out a way that would work um, meeting the, the needs of the patients. That's Dr. Prasanthi Reddy talking about the innovations and outside the box thinking her practices made to meet patients' needs during the pandemic. We'll hear more from Dr. Reddy in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. More than 130,000 physicians nationwide rely upon eClinical Works. EHR software for comprehensive clinical documentation, along with solutions for telehealth, population health, patient engagement, and revenue cycle management. Privately held and driven by innovation and excellence, eClinical Works has a single focus, providing its customers with secure, cloud-based solutions to their healthcare IT needs. Visit eClinicalWorks.com to learn more. It's all about you this fall. Accelerate your path to medical practice leadership. Be empowering, be influential, be exceptional, be a leader. Join us in San Diego, October 24th through the 27th at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference. Or you can join us for our digital experience November 16th through the 18th. Visit mgma.com slash MPE21 and register today. Our guest today is Dr. Prasanthi Reddy, owner of Rainbow Pediatric Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Dr. Reddy is here today to talk about key strategies to create better patient outreach and patient communication in your medical practice. Dr. Reddy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. First of all, I just want you to give our audience an idea of your background in healthcare and really where your focus has been um, since the start of the pandemic. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm a pediatrician in Jacksonville, Florida, mostly practicing primary care pediatrics. Um, I have uh, my own private practice that I started about 17 years ago. Um, we are a fast growing pediatric practice. Um, and since the pandemic, you know, it, it, a, a lot has changed, really turned our practice upside down for some time, um, just with delivery of care and uh, also just the types of visits that we were seeing. Um, and it, it, it kind of made us question everything that we were doing and how to do things in a different way to meet the needs of the community. Um, for example, like having televisits so that you know, patients can be seen without the risk of potentially getting exposed to COVID. Also, um, seeing a larger and larger need for behavioral health um, services for our patients. Those are some of the things, the challenges that we have seen. 
Um, it's, it's also, we get used to in general pediatrics and primary care in general, doing things a certain way. And after you've done it year after year, after year, it can be tough to change on a dime. Um, so that was a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. What do you think was the most challenging or, or biggest change that you had to make? I know that telehealth in itself is one of those, but if there's anything else, maybe in the way you did processes or engaged with patients, anything out there that really stuck with you from that experience? Yeah, we really had to focus on um, if we had to bring children into our office, how can we cut down the time that they're in the office? Um, that was a new thing, new concept for us. So in the beginning, what we had, we tried different things. It was just, you know, let's, let's try this out and see if it works for us. Um, we even went as far as getting all of the histories on our patients on the phone and then bringing them in only for the physical um, or the physical exam. Um, we tried also to, doing, uh, to do televisits as a way of screening to see which kids need to come, come into the office. Um, we rearranged our offices so that we have three offices um, and we rearranged the offices so that one office will only see well checks while the other offices are available for sick visits. We had to be available to see patients in the car, which is a new concept to us. Um, you know, we had to be able to assess patients in, in, in their car seats. Um, and in the Florida heat, sometimes that can be difficult. We even went as far as putting up tents and outdoor fans and trying to figure out a way that would work um, meeting the, the needs of the patients. And it changed, it evolved. We figured out what works, what doesn't. Um, and some of, those, some of those things stuck around and, and you know, boy, this is a great way, you know, to like having patients check in on their phone. Well, we still continue to do that. Um, so there are some things that really changed how we deliver care, but it's really, in, in a way, it's a good thing, right? Because forces you to, to, to test out of the box kind of thinking of delivery of care. You're exactly right. I have noticed innovation um, in the ways that providers communicate. I've also noticed what you brought up was time in the office. I've had a couple of checkups and visits in clinics, and I have noticed that uh, my time in the office there is much shorter than it ever was prior to the pandemic. So that is, I think that's an innovation um, that is a win-win overall, although it took a tough situation for us to get there. Um, I want to talk about something else that we've been dealing with, and that's with uh, vaccines. Vaccines are in the news, obviously, right now with both COVID-19 and now with the Delta variant. We're talking about that a lot. Um, in a previous uh, correspondence, you were talking about um, part of your communication with patients that you've developed is patient outreach strategies that's been for vaccines, not only for the COVID-19 vaccines that we've seen, but also with flu shots over the years. Talk about those patient outreach strategies. How did those get developed? What are some of the things you learned from those? Sure. Um, you know, obviously in pediatrics, vaccination is a big, big topic. And, um, you know, a lot of our HEDIS measures and just the quality of care goes up when you make sure that there's compliance in vaccinating kids. Traditionally, we've always um, had used our summer downtime as a time for outreach for patients for, um, who are behind on vaccinations. And we would do um, use our EMR, eClinical Works, to um, you know, run a registry of patients who are behind on their vaccines and then, and then calling them. Another thing we were doing prior to even the pandemic was 
doing what I call birthday calls, where every day we search our EMR for whose birthday it is, and our receptionist would call them and say, hey, Dr. Reddy wants to wish you a happy birthday. And by the way, you're you know behind on your well check and your child is behind on their immunization. Uh -huh. She'd like you to come in. Um, so that was just you know a, 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 an opportunity to, to close that gap in care. Um, now, after the pandemic, obviously parents were afraid of bringing their children in and the AAP was concerned about that too and put out a statement advocating um, families not to miss their well checks or not to skip um, their childhood immunizations. Um, so that was why we um, offered one of our offices is exclusively well child check only and that there there will be nobody waiting in the waiting room um, and by doing that it allowed us to reach out to these families who would have otherwise not come in and get all of the history on the phone and promise them that okay you're only going to be in the in the office for that physical exam and those immunizations only and you will be waiting in your car until you're actually ready to be seen in the exam room um, and that relieved the parents' concerns. Um, the other challenge was with flu season and flu vaccines last, last season. Um, traditionally, what we did is have, hold clu flu clinic days where you just walk in and wait in the waiting room and then we'd just you know, get their vaccine out the door. Obviously, we don't wanna utilize the waiting rooms when in the middle of a pandemic, we had to come up with an innovative way of, of um, giving flu vaccines. And, um, what we did is a, a, a restaurant paging system. Um, it was free, free to use online. Um, and I thought that was a great way of, you know, texting patients that, hey, you're a fourth in line, your table will be ready in 10 minutes, basically your flu vaccine, your nurse will be ready in 10 minutes for, to get the flu vaccine. There are three people ahead of you waiting in your car. And then when they're ready, we're ready for them, um, just text them, come on in, you know, your flu vaccine is ready. And then parents loved that. They absolutely loved that. And they are asking already this year, we haven't even started our flu vaccines. Can uh -huh. we do that again? Can we do your table waiting system is what they call it. Um, but it, it worked out well. And again, like it was, it took a pandemic to force us to try out other, uh, other ways of delivering care. Okay, well, that is great. So if uh, we have somebody from a practice listening here and they're thinking about adopting um, some of these outreach strategies here, where do they start? What are some of the steps that they can take to make this work in their practice? Honestly, a lot of these um, softwares allow for free trials. Um, and it's not like you can, if, if you're coming up with innovative ways, there's not really precedence for that, right? So a lot of them have um, trial, uh, free trial kind of things. And we do a couple of test patients and we try it out um, and see how it fits in our office. And then once we know, okay, this, this might work, then we adopt it and, and release it to the practice. Um, it's trial and error, honestly. It's just jumping in, getting your feet wet. Don't be afraid. Um, and, and let's see, you know, only what can come out of that is only positive or it can end up wasting a few minutes of your life, but it could save you a lot of headaches. So okay. don't be afraid to, to try out the systems. Right. Um, I want to stick with the vaccines a little bit more here at MGMA. We've held surveys with practice leaders and we found that patients really look to their physicians to be that trusted voice in healthcare. It's no secret to you, there's been some resistance to 
the vaccines that are out there. So as part of your outreach programs, what have you done in that messaging to overcome some of maybe some of the misinformation about vaccines or maybe just help educate people about the vaccine so they feel more comfortable uh, about going and getting those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hesitation with vaccines in general is something that we're quite used to talking to families. Families trust us, you know, uh, we've, we follow their children since they're born. So there's some kind of like a family bond that we have with our, with our families. And so it's, it, they trust us and they trust our opinion. Um, and it's important enough for our practice and all practices right now to talk about COVID vaccine and have that dialogue starting um, so the door open so that the families can be comfortable in, in asking their questions without being judged. Um, one of the things that we, we, we are doing is that at every visit, regardless of what reason they're coming in, we are collecting the data, are, are you vaccinated? We ask the parents, is your child vaccinated if they're eligible? Um, if not, are there any questions that you might have that I can answer for you? Um, or, you know, we'll say, well, you know, we're not judging you here, but you know, we just want to know what are the reasons for your hesitation to getting the vaccine? Um, and that, that alone helps us, helps them kind of open up about their concerns. There's so much misinformation out there. Um, and all we do is offer them, you know, um, good information and, and, and resources that they can look to, to, to find accurate information. Mm. Another thing we need to do is also, as primary care providers, be able to offer the vaccine in our office. Because a lot of parents tell us, I would not trust my child to get their vaccine somewhere else, but we trust you. We would, we would trust it if, if you gave that vaccine. Making it available to families without barriers and care, um, I think, is a key component of getting more kids vaccinated. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, uh, Dr. Reddy. And one thing you were talking about earlier is uh, virtual care. And I know that technology plays a huge role in being able to do that effectively. So talk about that for a minute. What ways have you used technology then to strengthen your patient communication um, over these last 18 months or so? Yeah, I, I don't think we would have been able to do all of what we did without technology. Let me start there. Um, without our EMR vendor being such great partners in, in helping us figure out solutions, um, you know, eClinical Work was there with us from the get-go. Um, the, the nice thing is that we had experience already with televisit. We ran a pilot program before the pandemic ever started, like um, delivering um, care to kids with ADHD via telemedicine. So in our practice, our, our receptionists and our, our, some of our providers um, were used to the workflow for televisits. Um, and so we had that experience in place and some of our parents already had, um, had experience with, um, with televisits. We were also making a big push prior to the pandemic uh, of the Hilo app and getting parents to download that as a means of, of securely communicating with us and seeing their health records on their, on their phone. Um, so for the most part, we were very successful with that. So we were in, in a prime position um, at the onset of the pandemic to kind of switch care almost overnight. Um, we had parameters in place and, and, and I guess I set the parameters in the practice, uh -huh. but it was that um, when we had a first positive COVID case in Florida, we would activate our, our televisit system and kind of 
um, utilize that as a means for sick visits. And as soon as that happened, that happened on a Thursday evening. And then by Friday morning, we had switched all of our sick visits right to televisits. Um, and the parents absolutely loved it. It was a very simple way for them to connect with us and we were able to see the kids virtually and those who couldn't and those who we felt like needed a more thorough exam, we were able to bring into our office. We were surprised even ourselves to see how many things we could actually deal with in completion over a televisit. Wow. Um, and securely texting and, and communicating via text through that app also helped us because um, you know, parents don't like waiting on the phone, obviously, no matter how much we, we work on our phone line, it's, you know, it's just, we just don't have the manpower to keep up with that. Um, and so being able to text your provider directly through that app, through the Hilo app, allowed us to, to really take care of things very quickly. Um, we were able to send links and information out through, through, that, through the app to parents um, directed towards their questions. We also engaged social media quite a bit. Um, recording videos and keeping our families engaged in the, the happenings of the practice and our infection control methods and what we're planning on doing. Parents liked seeing that and, and felt reassured that we were thinking about those things. So I know all practices do these things, but when you don't put it on social media or don't make a, you know, an announcement per se, families may not realize that you are doing all of these things in the background. And we found that that helped to be really open about all of the changes, all of the difficulties we're facing, as well as the good times that we might be having. So we even made cute videos of us like saying the things we missed during COVID and made a video with our staff like saying, we miss kids smiles, we miss giggles, like those kinds of cute little videos that we would put out um, really kept the patients engaged during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. How have you measured patient engagement and patient communication? Are there certain benchmarks? Are there certain KPIs that you've been studying to make sure you're doing the right thing and that things are working? And so we, um, we do track our um, patient portal usage as well as our Hilo app usage. Um, and um, we also track, we were able to see clearly even in every single note when the last time was that the family logged into their patient portal. Um, uh, as well as the app. And um, we, we measure, we had measured, we always follow that and the numbers went up significantly. I think we have something in the high 90 percentage of patients, uh, families in our practice who have the patient portal and utilize the patient portal, um, which says a lot, you know, and I, it, it, it's, and we don't take credit necessarily for all of it. It's just, that's the generation of parents that we have. They wanna be digitally engaged. Um, so we have to learn, learn all of these tools and right. methods of, of, you know, it's, I'm like, I always say I'm the oldest physician, I think of all of the providers in our office. And it's, it's, it's difficult for me to try to figure out like, okay, what's the latest thing that they're using now? What is this with, you know, TikTok or whatever, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you have to keep up on these things. Um, and you have to make an effort towards that. And parents already bought in, they already are on there. It's just a matter of the medical field catching up to that. Um, so if, if anything, maybe we should be measuring ourselves and not necessarily patient engagement, maybe provider engagement is a better term for it. Um, you know, making sure that we are up to date on the latest and greatest and how to keep families engaged. Yeah, I, I love that the provider engagement that that is a good way to look about uh, talk about that and think about it. So 
when you're thinking about these last 18 months or so, these new innovative ways to communicate with patients, has there been anything that surprised you? Anything that stood out with uh, to you in the way that providers have engaged with patients, the way patients have responded to that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was the, in the beginning, they had a, we had a lot of hesitancy from the providers. Like, is this really going to be beneficial for us? Like, um, we had uh, kids record a question about COVID, let's say, and then we recorded the answer, um, you know, the answer from a provider, and we 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 asked uh, the questions to all of the providers, and in the beginning, the providers were like, "Why are we doing this?" You know. But once we put it on YouTube and then we saw the reactions from the families and that, oh, doc, I saw you answer that question. Um, and I have more questions, follow up questions about that. The providers are like, hey, this is a nice, nice way to kind of um, talk about COVID and talk about how to protect our kids. And obviously it's in, it's in top of everybody's minds these days. And um, that was a great way for them to connect um, to, their, to their patients um, just by doing a little snippet of a video. Um, so I think it's, it's been very positive all around, um, but it does take some effort for us to, to do, but it's well worth it. Right. Um, you may have already just answered the question, but I would love to hear a patient engagement success story. If there's anything that you think about either from an individual story or one of the campaigns that really stands out to you, puts a smile on your face as you think back about it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I got so used to recording and thinking about that, um, that while we were doing the Q&As for kids, um, I had, I had a, a child of, with special needs, um, single mother that came in and um, the mother was telling me that she, she had started an organization where um, she helps families of children with special needs connect up with the services in the community so that they can get the equipment that they needed. Um, and and I, I told her, you know, okay, pause, like, I wanna record this. And so I grabbed my cell phone and I, you know, with her permission, recorded her explaining what her organization did. Um, and we put that on our, on our Facebook uh, with her link. And wouldn't you know it, there were a handful of families that connected up with her and were able to get the wheelchair that they wanted or, um, you know, the, the modifications to their home that they needed um, just because we connected them with this mom who had this wealth of knowledge that um, we didn't even know there was a need for, you know, until mm -hmm. we put that video up. So that was so beautiful to see. And it, it made that mom so proud of, of you know, and she, as rightfully she should be of all the hard work that she's doing. But here she was with wonderful services and knowledge and didn't really know how to how to find these families that need the help right um, so you know just by engaging situations like that they just pop up it's not anything planned uh, but if you're not thinking to engage them on social media or, or put put the word out there for the families you might miss those opportunities that's one of my favorite <laughs> stories to share because i love it you know like it's good comes out of good right it really does. That is a wonderful story. And it does show the the good power of social media, the good it can do. We hear a lot of the negative that it does. Has social media been a, a game changer for your practice in, in its way for you to communicate and for your um, your patients and other patients, like in the story you're talking about, be able to communicate with one another as well? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Especially in the last two or three weeks with school starting um, and the whole debate about masks and um, COVID vaccines for kids and adults and um, all, all of it just is in the news so much that we've been um, preemptively putting out posts on our social media, like this is why you need masks, let's say, or um, we put a, a, an article about like, what are the things you can try with your child um, that refuses masks and what kind of conditions you might think would warrant an exemption, but does not like asthma, what can you do with your asthmatic? So we put out articles such as that on our Facebook and it's gotten so much more attention than I ever thought it would. I've had news channels reach out to me because they saw that article and want me to say a word about, you know, um, and share that on, on the news so that it's available to the general population. Um, you know, our recommendations on, hey, what can, what can parents do to get their kids to wear a mask or um, questions about COVID vaccine that we've answered on our social media and put up, um, put up posts on there that they, news channels are seeing and calling us. Um, so it's, 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 you know, I'm always surprised at who's reading those and not, I always thought it was just for our families that follow us, but it, it spread so quickly. Uh, I was just amazed at that. I was like, oh, you saw, you saw our post, like, you know, it's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been really surprising, um, in a good way, uh, especially over the last two weeks, I've been on the news like three or four times just because of, of the posts that we've put up. What are... So what does the news have you on there? Are they talking to you, interviewing you about some of the engagement that you're having or give us an idea of what that has looked like? Yeah, um, so, you know, news, news reports these days are all about masks and um, schools and uh, whether the kids should wear masks at school. Um, there are local, um, one of our local um, school boards decided to have masks uh, recommended but with an opt-out option and what are the options that parents have to opt out are they medically justified um, so when they have questions like that they've been they called me and said you know Dr. Reddy would you come on our, our news channel to give a brief interview about what you think about masks and why they would protect your child or what do you think about what do you what would you say to a parent of a child with anxiety who won't wear a mask um, I've had questions about COVID and, uh, you know, if, if a parent says they're hesitant about the long-term effects of COVID vaccines, what is your, your response to them? These are all articles that we've put up on our, on our Facebook, and that's prompted them to call me to ask me that so that, you know, it's on their news feed. Right. Do, do you enjoy the TV time? Did you know you were going to be like a local celebrity when all this got started? Or what's been your take on that? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you know about this, but I, uh, I was on um, a radio talk show for many years as a pediatrician. Oh yeah, every Wednesday morning in our Jacksonville radio station, we had an hour of, uh, with the pediatrician and, and parents would call in to the radio station and ask me questions. I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> So <laughs> I have no problem with it. I was just surprised this time. It was just, you know, random calls that I was getting on my cell phone. Um, so it does, it, I enjoyed doing it, um, but I was surprised at the number of calls that I was getting. Right. Well, that is a, gr a great way to quickly get across a lot of information out there. And again, where not just your patients, but the other people out there can turn to a trusted voice in uh, healthcare as well. So that's a good way to do that. So as we wrap up here, um, 
What are some final thoughts then that you'd like to share with our listeners on the topic of patient engagement, patient communication, anything else you'd want to share with us? Yeah, I, I think it's really an important subject for every practice to think about. Um, gone are the days where you can just practice medicine and hope that word of mouth is going to drive in more patients or is going to get your name out there. You have to engage the patients. You have to use, um, you have to have a great website with, with good resources and you have to be active on social media to keep them continually engaged. Um, and that is the best way moving forward to keep the families involved in the ever changing um, practices, you know, and, and, and delivery of care. Um, it makes life simpler. I know it's, it's hard work in the beginning to set everything up, but moving forward, it's easy to make announcements and let the families know what's happening in your practice. And that, you know, gives them a sense of belonging too. Um, and it, it becomes a community. Um, and without all of social media on your website, that's, that's a tough thing to have. And as, especially as a community pediatrician, I want to make sure that I'm involved in the community and knowing what's happening in the community as well. So um, when you see a lot of questions coming around on a sub certain subject, it's important to put that information out there for the greater population to see. So I think it's a must. Um, I think it's, it's worth the deep dive if you haven't, if, you know, as practices haven't set that up. Um, and you'll see the rewards are, are so great with it. Okay. Well, Dr. Reddy, I want to thank you so much for joining us and for sharing these thoughts with us today. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Dr. Prasanthi Reddy. Also, thanks to eClinical Works and MGMA's Leaders Conference for sponsoring this week's show. eClinical Works has a single focus, providing its customers with secure, cloud-based solutions to their healthcare IT needs. Visit eClinicalWorks.com to learn more. And also, you can accelerate your path to medical practice leadership by joining us in San Diego, October 24th through the 27th at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference. Visit mgma.com mpe21 and register today. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.